Everyone has a need for companionship and physical intimacy. People with Alzheimer's disease or other dementias are no different. When one person has dementia, couples are often able to continue to have a close, intimate relationship for many years. When changes do affect the physical relationship, it is important to remember that every couple deals with these changes in their own way. Sometimes the person living with Alzheimer's doesn't lose their desire for intimacy, but their partner does. Other times, their physical needs may be expressed in ways we don't approve of. Some may forget the relationship with their spouse and seek out intimacy from someone new. While this is extremely painful, it's not uncommon. How we deal with all of these changes is the most important factor to consider. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all of you for listening and also let you know that you can get even more ideas and advice if you're following me on social media. All of our accounts are linked at the bottom of the show notes so you don't have to waste time looking for me there. In addition to advice, I post about my journey with mom, stuff that's going on in my own life, and most importantly, cute dog photos and videos. Thanks for joining me on social media. With me today on the podcast is Betsy Wurzel. Betsy has a radio show called Chatting with Betsy, and I was introduced to her from past guest Janice Swink. You remember Janice from the episodes Living with Dementia? So thanks for joining me, Betsy. Oh, thank you for having me, Jennifer. Tell us first how you got on the radio. I got on the radio. I started doing videos in my car to raise awareness on early onset. And I had a vision. I always wanted somebody from a radio station to hear me. And lo and behold, Jeannie White heard one of my videos and contacted me. She's station manager of Pasture World Talk Radio. So she asked me if I would tell my story. And I said, sure. And she was going to be working on a caregiver series. And I talked, she asked me if I could talk once a week. I did. And I invited my friends. And it just grew. And then in June, she asked me to be a guest host. And then she said, Betsy, I think you should have your own show. That's awesome. Yeah, I was very shy at one time. And here I am, the shy little girl. <laughs> Is now has a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even make shy girls from New Jersey? Yeah, but if you get us mad, watch out. <laughs> My husband is originally from Staten Island, so I'm somewhat familiar. Although, as I like to point out, whenever I get the chance, I am a I am a multi generational Californian, which is not easy to say. And because of the memory loss on my mom's side of the family, I'm not sure how far back it goes. I really need to talk to my uncle before his memory goes or before he passes, because I know for sure it's my daughter, me, my mom. I'm pretty sure my grandmother was born in California, but I don't know past my maternal grandmother. So that's my little claim to fame. So I asked Betsy to be on the show today because we're going to talk about something that does not come up very often. And in my research, there's not a lot of discussion or videos or anything on 
Alzheimer's and intimacy. And as a adult child caregiver for my mom, it's not something I've had to deal with, thankfully. <laughs> and Betsy was very uh, brave in, in deciding to come on and, and chat with me about this. The idea came to me when I was reading the book, Alzheimer's Trippin' with George, which you guys know is a recent past episode. And in the book, Susan, his wife, talks about how he had made this strange comment of, well, we'll handle that in the morning. And he made this comment several times in the course of an afternoon and evening. And it took her a little while to figure out what he meant. But what he wanted to be handled was, was just plain old sex. <laughs> We're just yeah. going to just throw it out there. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's not something I even contemplated. Now, I know that there was a couple where my mom lives. My mom is in a memory care residence that they still had their spouses, but they hooked up with each other. So I know that's a thing. I know it's a problem. And then earlier, uh, well, back in the summertime, my mom, we thought had a bladder infection and it wasn't a bladder infection. And I had gone to my support group and I forgot exactly what the question I was asking, but the facilitator of the support group is a former geriatric nurse and she's been a support group facilitator for like over 14 years. So she's, she's been around it all. And she, she leans over to me and she goes, well, you know, sometimes even people with Alzheimer's like to pleasure themselves. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> it was like, I don't think that's the problem, but okay. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, this is not something I want to deal with. So um, now before we dive any further into this topic, tell us about your husband. He's got early onset Alzheimer's. That's what my mom also has. Yes. He was diagnosed almost 10 years ago in 2010 with early onset Alzheimer's. And he's now in the later stages. And then, and is, and he's in a care residence as well, right? No, I take care of him at home. Oh, he's at home with you. That's awesome. So now, okay, now we're <laughs> trigger warning for all those people out there. Now we're going to get into it. <laughs> so I know some people with Alzheimer's because their brain is broken, they're confused, they just lose all interest and in other people living with Alzheimer's or dementia end up going the opposite direction and seeming to have more interest in this subject. Have you ever had to deal with that? No. No? Never, never had that problem with um, Matt wanting you know, more. And then, of course, when I've talked about when they, as they get progressed, you really don't want to, I mean, Matt didn't, you know, initiate it. I mean, and they can't, they okay. have uh, problems with their equipment, <laughs> due to, um, you know, medications and just due to the brain not functioning. So another ways of intimacy that I have done was, you know, holding hands and kissing and, you know, cuddling. And by the way, 
I'm the like the taboo girl. I will talk about anything. That's okay. <laughs> not- That's why when Janice introduced <laughs> me and we chatted for a little while online, I'm like, okay, I'm going to dive in and ask her because <laughs> it's nice to talk to different people. And I didn't, because Susan didn't go into any details in her book other than that's what that statement meant. I was like, hmm, she might not want to talk about that. And I talked to her about her book and her travels. Essentially, if you haven't read her book, she, when her husband was, she was a caregiver to her mom. And when she and her husband are both, it's the second marriage for both of them. And when they got married, it was kind of with the understanding that it wasn't necessarily till death do you part. It was like, as long as everything's going fine, health-wise, we're cool. And when he was diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's, she was like, uh, I think I might be out. She's a very, um, eh, I'm going to forget the kind of the phrase, but she's very free. Wanderlust is the right description for her. And he said, well, can we, can you just stick it out till our 40th anniversary? So she planned this multi-state 10,000 mile, I think it was like a hundred day trip, which I think is insane. (laughs) I can't imagine doing that with my mom, but that's what her book was about. So I thought, well, when Janice introduced me to you and you said, oh, you'll talk about anything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) ask. So that was what you said you did. You know, there's a lot of caregivers, you know, spousal caregivers that they feel like it's not okay to have sex with somebody who has Alzheimer's, which kind of leads me to the, I had a brief conversation with some of the staff at a different care residence than the one my mom is at. And they said, you know, it starts to get really complicated with, um, what's the right word? Oh, my brain is not working today because it's raining in California and so I'm not. My brain is fuzzy. Um, consent, that's the right word. You know, it's obviously if your brain doesn't work properly, it's kind of like being drunk. You really can't give consent. So I thought, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought of like legal implications. It's kind of crazy. You know, some people say, well, you know, my spouse feels kind of like a stranger. And sometimes, you know, like my mom thinks I'm her best friend which is fine, but if I was her spouse, that might be a problem if I was interested in intimacy because they might not be interested in having sex with their friend. Right. There, I've heard from caregivers, women, that some of their husbands or boyfriends wanted, still wanted sex, and the woman didn't want it. They were grossed out. Yeah, we, I can understand that. Um, they were, you know, wearing... Uh, depends, and they didn't want to. Once Matt was in that stage, it really wasn't, um, you know, thought of. He didn't initiate it, and I wasn't going to. Um, (laughs) I make him feel loved, you know, in other ways. Which is important. You know, yeah. And, you know, the heart, I always say, Jennifer, the heart knows love. Any dementia cannot rob the heart of love. That is true. You know, we'll forget who, you know, the person is, but the heart will remember. And Matt has a very affectionate name for me. He calls me Booby. <laughs> <laughs> which is similar to the, the Jewish name for grandmother, which is Bubby. Yeah. Like I said, my, hus- 
My husband grew up in Staten Island, so I get some, <laughs> I get some of those um, throwbacks. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Some of the things that, the, that I thought were interesting, the research that I found was on caregivers, like paid caregivers who end up having unfortunate situations where the person they're caring for thinks, you know, if you're trying to get them into their pajamas for bed, you can see how that would be interpreted incorrectly. <laughs> oh, I have something to tell you about my father. My father, okay. <laughs> my father had dementia and he was in a facility. Now, my father never had filters before dementia. Oh, boy. <laughs> so he would say inappropriate things, you know, before dementia. So when he was getting changed one day, he said to staff, while you're down there, play with my revolver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But <laughs> <laughs> so my dad on a medication to calm that part of him down. And I told the social worker, he was always like that. That my mom got mad because I told a social worker the truth. But he always said inappropriate things. So That's so funny. That would not shock me that my father would say that. And then he would say to my mom, why don't you come to bed with me? I remember my mom um, telling me that, oh, yeah, your dad asked me to go to bed with him. And I said, you know, I can't right now. So she kind of diverted him but um i i thought that was so funny when the social worker told me that <laughs> i believe it well that's one of the things that they suggest especially for you know non-spousal caregivers is to use distraction change the subject um if they i was watching a video and the gentleman grabbed the gal's arm and they say you know to firmly state that you're uncomfortable with this. I don't like it when you do that and kind of simple statements, mm -hmm. but you have to state them in a firm tone of voice. And definitely one of the suggestions for, you know, non-spouse caregivers was to not use pet names, you know, to call them Mr. Wurzel. I'm pronouncing your last name, right? Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, not to not to call them sweetie or honey or any of that stuff because that you could definitely understand how that could be misinterpreted, right? They also said to remain kind of at a safer distance away from them, I guess out of grabbing reach, <laughs> and then also to make sure like and I all the caregivers, the professional caregivers I've ever dealt with wear scrubs, but that's one of the things that was recommended was to wear professional clothing because you know. If you're wearing a cute sundress because it's hot or a tight sweater or something, again, you might be sending somebody mixed messages, even though that's not your intention. We have to remember that we're dealing with somebody with a broken brain. And, right. and unfortunately, the um, the libido doesn't always die with a broken brain. Right. And they, you know, have no filter. So they'll just say what's ever on their mind. I have a funny story. I worked as a licensed practical nurse and even people with de without dementia will try to touch you. And I had one guy try to touch my boobs and <laughs> I worked as a nurse. <laughs> so um, it happens. 
And I just read that um, the medical profession, like nursing, they ha- they deal with a lot of sexual uh, harassment is the word that was used in the article. But like, I would almost call it like sexual aggression. Like what you just tried, the guy tried to touch your boobs. Okay. That's not necessarily cool. And was that somewhat common? It wasn't common to me, but I mean, I mean, I've heard a doctor's grab a nurse's butts and saying inappropriate things like, you know, come um, have a date with me. And uh, then I've seen nurses throw themselves at doctors, <laughs> no, no boundaries. So, <laughs> I've really seen it all. I actually saw a resident making out with a patient. Oh, my. So. That, that's not kosher or legal. <laughs> that just breaks all the boundaries. Yeah. So, and they were too normal, you know, no dementia there. So I thought that was like, and I was very, very shy then. I was young and very shy, very quiet. I was like, I backed out of the room. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can understand that. So you were talking about how you said your husband's name is Matt. Yes. Okay. And you said that he doesn't initiate any of that and neither do you. And that's <laughs> understandable. And you said you do other things like holding hands and cuddling. And that's, that's one of the things, the very limited amount of research I found talks about is to focus on other ways to show affection, you know, snuggling, holding hands, et cetera. Do you have any other, do you have a suggestion maybe since you're so blunt (laughs) for somebody whose spouse might be interested, but you've distracted them, but you want them to feel loved? It's like I said, I've been dealing with my mom and then it was also my grandmother. So I don't, I don't have any of these issues in my background. I think it, when that was first, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't a problem to be intimate because he was not, you know, wearing depends and he was really pretty much with it. It's when you get to the middle and definitely the late stages. I mean, now just, you know, he's so frail. Yeah that he wouldn't even be able to. I would probably kill him, and I don't want to do that. (laughs) I can see the headlines now. (laughs) The Apple News app says that would be... Yeah. Well, that would be a better way to go than with Alzheimer's. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) I would just suggest, you know, set a boundary, even with your, you know, husband or your wife whatever the situation uh, is and just take distract them and just, you know, hold them and cuddle with them and, um, you know, kiss them, especially now Matt loves to hug. I mean, we're huggers. He loves to hug and they say hugging is the best medicine. You know, um, I stroke him, his hair, well, lack of his head, (laughs) Um, you know, just to make them feel loved. And I, I even say, Jennifer, that even when they're on their way out, you know, really in the active dying stage, hold their hand, stroke their face, tell them that you love them and let them feel your love. I told, I told people I'm loving Matt right to heaven's door. I will hold him. I will stroke him. I will 
he'll know that he's loved and he'll take that to heaven with him. And that's what I believe. That's what I try to do with, with my mom, but because she thinks I'm her best friend, she does not want to hold my hand. She'll give me a little hug, but it's, it's not a hug hug. So it's kind of frustrating because it's hard to show her affection. And now she gets a little bit uh, verbally aggressive. She got mad at me. What was it we were doing? Oh, she she has the depends as well, but she I don't she doesn't have a lot of incontinence, so she doesn't need to change them thankfully because I think she puts on one pair in the morning and then takes them off at night. <laughs> but this one afternoon we'd been out and she needed to use the restroom and I don't know why I followed her into the bathroom because that's not something she likes. I mean, you wouldn't like it if I followed you into the bathroom. Right. So she mentally she's on that level, but physically she needs help. And she was struggling to pull on new underwear. She was getting her toes caught in the hole like we all do. And she's just struggling and grumbling. And, rah, 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 rah. and I said, oh, you know, you got your foot caught in the hole. And I just helped her a little bit because I know any help. And she just, oh, like the other day we were at, because it was so windy and so cold when I went and visited, I took her to the mall, God forbid. <laughs> Fortunately <laughs> for me, the malls are not very busy anymore. And I wanted to just look at the holiday decorations because she likes to watch kids and we go in the nice weather, which thankfully in California, we have that much longer than you guys. We go to the park and we watch kids and you know and all that stuff. Days like today when it's cold and wet and raining and gross, you know, we're not going to go sit in the park because I don't care how much she likes it. We're not sitting in the park in the rain. Plus, there's probably not any kids. So anyway, she was struggling in the bathroom, and I helped her, like I said, just a tiny bit, un- kind of unhooked her toe from the hole, and she comes stomping into her room after I let her pull her clothes up, and I had left the bathroom so she could have some privacy, and she's like, I just hate it when people help me. And she stomps out of her room. And I had been replacing her warm weather clothes with the cold weather clothes. And I hadn't finished. So I was like, okay. And she wandered away and she came back and she was much happier. And I was glad that I stayed because then we had some more time that was nice together. But as she doesn't like holding hands, she doesn't want to hold, you know, link elbows She's like, wow, always fighting me and struggling. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it's like it's like an ornery two-year-old. It's like, you need to hold my hand for your safety. No, I don't. <laughs> so that's my challenge with showing love. Although we almost always go out. So now when she sees me, she's like, oh, where are we going? It's like, ooh, no pressure. <laughs> you know, it's nasty outside, but sure, we'll go somewhere. <laughs> I've taken her to the library to see kids, so that works. So what kind of things do you do with Matt? Because you said he's he and my mom are about in this. How old is he first? He is 66. Oh, my. My mom will be, my mom is 77, essentially. Mm-hmm. So she's got a few extra years on him. But we've also been dealing with this more than 10 years. So what kind of things do you guys do together? Well, before Matt took a, very steep decline uh, recently. We used to go out to eat. We used to go to the mall. We used to go to a park. Um, I used to be so self-conscious in the beginning of ordering his food 
especially since he, in the beginning, he looked very normal. And I was worried, you know, the server must think, what is this lady, a control freak? She's ordering (laughs) from him. And then I got to a point, you know what? I don't care what they think. And then, of course, I had to start, you know, feeding Matt, cutting his food and feeding him. And in the mall, when the last time I took him to the mall, had to be earlier this year because he was having trouble walking. People just stare. They're just so rude and they'll stare at you. And here in New Jersey, they will <laughs> run you over if you're not walk fast enough. So I stopped taking him to the malls when it was very busy because he couldn't enjoy it. But we still went out to eat for our anniversary, which was earlier this month. We were able to go out. Now my birthday is next week, and I will not be able to take him out because of the decline from this month. He just really declined. Um, I get surreal, really, how much he's declined. Yeah, my mom declined a lot over the summer, like literally overnight, just went mm-hmm. to a big dip. And it was it was surprising. It was such a big dip. I thought she had a UTI. That's how we got on the track of, oh, mom must have a bladder infection. But she didn't. It was just her brain. And we don't. I go see her after my rotary meeting. So I go I'm there from about two to four on Mondays. So we can go out because to a restaurant or something. I don't generally, if we go to a restaurant, it's just for some something to drink. But if it gets very noisy, even, even moderately normal noisy, because most restaurants are kind of noisy. Oh my goodness, she complains and complains. It got to the point where we stopped doing family dinners out because she got so unhappy with, she literally every five minutes, it's so noisy in here. And five minutes would go by. It's so noisy in here. It's like, yeah, I know. You've said that 15 times. Now, stop. You know, we're trying to have a birth. Like you said, you can't take your husband out to a restaurant for your birthday. That was what it was getting to be with, with mom. So I haven't had anybody stare at us, but we did have an experience. The last time we were at the park um, was Veterans Day. And... So there was a lot more. I was earlier than normal, and there was more kids in the park because it was school holiday. And this one mom had a baby with a. She was in a, must have been in a car seat that attached to the stroller, because this mom had all kinds of paraphernalia and a young, maybe kindergarten age child running around. And so I sat mom on the end of the bench, and this lady took one look at us and picked up her stuff and walked over to another bench. And I thought, okay. She didn't even get a chance to tell you how beautiful your child was. (laughs) I'm about ready to get the little business cards that say my person has Alzheimer's or my mom has Alzheimer's just because it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, I'm getting tired of telling people. Although my experience recently was, Oh yeah, my grandmother's like that. I get it. So I I haven't had too much of a negative experience, thankfully, but we also kind of go out in the non peak part of the day. (laughs) So that helps. I think. I took Matt to a doctor. It was our son's appointment. And I had Matt, so I was walking in front of him. I had to walk in front of him with his hands. And the, one of the doctors in the group, 
just stood there with his mouth open, like he was in shock. And I had to tell, he's a podiatrist. I had to tell this doctor, my husband has Alzheimer's. I really wanted to see what the effort you're looking at, but I was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Always smart. Yeah. And I, one of these days, well, I, I really didn't want to say, you know, take a video, make it go viral. This is what Alzheimer's looks like. Because it's a global epidemic, Jennifer, and the baby boom generation is just going to get it. It's just, they're just going to, I don't know what the government's going to do, because it is really going to hit us hard. And people Mm -hmm. are getting younger and younger. And the baby boom generation is from 19, I believe, 1946 to 1964. It's a whole lot of people. Yes, it is, because I'm a Gen Xer, you know, that one that we all, that everybody always forgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Technically, my husband's birthday is October 11th, 1964, so he just, I basically tell him he's not really a boomer, because what is that, about t- 10 weeks before the end? I'm like, he didn't benefit from any of the boomer generation's benefits, but yeah, it's scary, and then you've got the millennials and there's a lot of millennial caregivers coming up. And they're taking care of grandparents. So this is actually probably, it's probably a helpful thing for them to listen to because, you know, they're yeah. younger. The grand, you know, it's just, I, I don't know why I think that. I just kind of think that that might be more of an issue for grandkids taking care of grandparents. And yeah. definitely it's. My son is 35. We moved in with my mother-in-law when he was 15 or 16. And so he was dealing with this as a teenager. Where you're going to have children, young adult children, taking care of their parents, maybe. What are they going to do? Are they going to put their college on hold? Are they going to put their child's planning on hold? They're young. They have families. How are they going to pay off their college loans? How are they going to go to college when the money is no longer coming in? If you have a parent who are in their 40s and they can no longer work, this is going to be really devastating. I feel sorry, Jennifer, for the people who have very young children dealing with this. I can't even imagine. And I have a saying that says that the children or the hidden casualties on this war of Alzheimer's or any other dementia. They really need to do a study on how living with a parent or grandparent affects them because my son is 35 and he's getting hit hard now that his father's near to the end. It's taken a toll on him. And yeah, I, cause I, he, he watched his grandfather, your was it your mom or your dad? He watched his grandma because we lived with my mother-in-law. He watched uh, my dad. We used to go visit my dad. And now his dad. Doesn't make you feel secure in your own health future. That's like me. My great-grandmother, maternal great-grandmother, had what they called at the time senile dementia. She died before I was born. Like I said, I'm not a boomer, so I was not born. I was born at the end of 66. And my grandmother, maternal grandmother, I think she had undiagnosed Alzheimer's. I've said this before on the podcast, 
she had a brain aneurysm that leaked for three months and they, they did the surgery. They said she has 0% chance of surviving if we don't do the surgery, which I found interesting since she'd been surviving for three months. And she only had a 5% chance of surviving after the surgery. But so they never discussed what would happen with her if she did survive, which I think was, I don't know. They didn't know my grandmother well enough because that woman was ornery. She was going to do things her way and she did. And she survived and she seemed relatively normal after the surgery where the blood touches the brain is definitely damaged. So she did have some issues, but she, you know, digressed or that's not that's not the right word but she she just kept getting worse and worse and worse and she ended up nonverbal, not you know just basically like a zombie sitting in a wheelchair until the end and it was just it was the same way my mom's going although I think my mom's going to talk all the way to the end you might not understand any of it but I think she's going to talk all the way to the end <laughs> Matt's mother did um Matt's mom walked and talked and ate till the day she died. Well, that's interesting because I think my mom is physically fine. Like the other day I was just, I forgot. Oh, there was something that just tweaked me Sunday night. And I I woke up on a Monday kind of tweaked and I'm like, I can't go see mom all kind of just err because that does not bode well. <laughs> the day she yelled at me, you know, I've told you twice, you know, sit still and be quiet. That was one of those days where I was just, I was irritated about something else, had nothing to do with her and she could feel it. And that we had, did not have a good visit that day. So I was very conscious of the fact of I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, I have to be like 300% aware of my attitude and how I'm projecting when I go see mom and she just, when I said, you know, I was getting very frustrated because she's, she's walking behind me and her visual processing is so shot that if like when we walked into the store, we went from concrete walkway to like a faux hardwood floor and she's tapping the floor with her foot, feeling it out. And it's like, it's like, frustrating but when we're in the parking lot she's literally she loses me if I get too far ahead of her and so I finally said you need to keep up with me and so she hustled and she was walking next to me all you know quickly and normally and it's like I know you can do it so frustrating you know so I, I don't think she'll end up bedridden nonverbal like my grandmother did but who knows they never know. Yeah, their vision gets affected. Matt's vision was immediately affected. And everyone is different. And I got to a point where I would be, we would be in a store, and I'd turn around and be like, to, I'd say to Josh, where's your father? <laughs> and I realized that Matt could not keep up, that he couldn't, he didn't see where he was going. So we would have to then take him by the hand. And we had to start taking him by the hand and saying, you know, come on, let's go this way. And yeah, see, if I, I would, do that, if I do that with my mom, oh, she, you know, I'll say, come over this way. I don't even try to grab her hand. I just try to link elbows, you know, because friends might do that. You know, it's a little less demeaning. You know, if I grab her hand and drag her along like a little kid, I can see why she wouldn't like that. So I link elbows. I'm like, oh, hey, we're going to go over this way. And I'm always like, trying to 
point past her face this way, <laughs> not just randomly. Oh, we're going to go over here. And, oh, she hates it. I mean, like, we were at the store the other day, and, she, you know, I'm like, can you just come with me? And I said, I'm like, stay with me. This is nice. Let's just link elbows. And I'm like, we're just walking together like friends. And she literally was struggling. And people started looking at me like, you are not seriously trying to kidnap that old lady, are you? <laughs> it's like, you could, you could tell that they were like, okay, wait, that looks odd. But, you know, like their logic was telling them that it was probably okay, but they wanted to make sure it was okay. So I appreciated the, uh, the strange glances of concern. <laughs> but yeah, it was still, it was a little, it's frustrating. She will not like, oh, will not hold my hand, will not link elbows. And if I try to like redirect her by just gently touching her shoulders, she'll be, she'll literally throw on the brakes and tell stop pushing. Like I'd push you. <laughs> like, I really don't want to take you to the emergency room because I pushed you down and onto your face. It's crazy. So now is your son married? No. No? Mm. My son uh, lives with us. My son, Josh, has special needs. So I took okay. care of but he is more aware of Alzheimer's and understands Alzheimer's much more than so-called intelligent people. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, he's a blessing. He helps his dad. He's so funny. He says to me, <laughs> he said, Mom, if you ever get remarried again, I'm not changing that guy's diaper. He's not my father. <laughs> I'm done with caregiving," he said. I, I don't blame him. <laughs> I want to do it again. Once was enough. Nah. <laughs> I always told my husband I wouldn't. I would. I might have a boyfriend, but they would probably live next door. That'd be about as close as they'd get. Because I like my quiet. My and I'm not training anybody else. We've been married thirty years. Thirty-one. Thirty. I have to think about it. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. Thirty, and yeah, like I'm not trading anybody. We got married young, so we trained each other, and that's enough. And we've been through a lot with my mom and my dad on hospice, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's hard, and it can take a toll on a marriage when a parent has um, Alzheimer's. You know, when one of the in-laws, I know it did with um, Matt and I. Matt was not supportive, even though it was his own mother. And it caused a rift between us because he saw me as the enemy and not Alzheimer's. So mm. it could have been marriage. And uh, that's a topic that I, you know, have discussed. I'd be more than happy to come back and discuss it with you. Um, I, I'm an open book. My life's an open book, and I will admit, yeah, it's hard. Caregiving can stink, and it can be rewarding. And, you know, there's no perfect caregiver at all. Nope. You know, if people think they are perfect, Jennifer, send them to me. I want to meet them. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll introduce them to my mom. <laughs> yeah. I want to meet them. You know, sometimes in a facility a loved one will meet another man or a woman and become friendly. You know, well, I'm, my husband's not in a facility. If my husband was and he met someone in a facility, 
I'd be happy for him because then I know he wouldn't be alone in a facility. Yeah. And there's some people who have relationships, even though their spouses, you know, have dementia. I'm not one to judge. I understand it. It's not something I could do myself. But I understand you want that human contact, part of intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see that that video? Um, I think it was late last year, early sometime. Well, um, and I I do not remember the gal's name, but they referred to her as the Black Martha Stewart. I think she has early onset Alzheimer's, and her husband has a girlfriend. Okay, so oh, yeah. we can almost we can almost be like, okay, we get it. The girlfriend lives with them. <laughs> and my yeah, initial reaction was, okay, that seems uncool. But when I watched the video, it talked about how, you know, the husband and his girlfriend take care of his wife. And I thought, okay, that's pretty unorthodox. But caregiving is so difficult and so demanding mentally and physically that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not – I'm. Okay. It, I don't know that I would do that, but I'm not judging. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I'm hoping yeah, to talk to, mm-hmm. hoping to talk to some of the staff where mom lives. Cause I know they've had some of those situations. That's, that's my next step. I know the person you're talking about. And I think the girlfriend, what a woman she's living yeah. in the house helping her boyfriend take care of the wife to me that's like power tour you know i mean when you've been doing this for a long time you do get lonely you absolutely do get lonely you um yearn for that conversation you want that intimacy i didn't never you know had an affair and I wouldn't because that's me, but I'm not going to judge someone else. I understand it. You know, it's like, I understand it, but I won't do it. But hey, if that's what it takes for you to get through this nightmare, then <laughs> go for it, I say. You know, well, I'm not going to be a, what, a, what do you call it, a homewrecker. <laughs> but if you can find someone to help you through this, that's fine. You know, I'm yeah. not here to well, I figured yeah. she must love him and his wife because I don't know how you take care of somebody, help somebody take care of a spouse if you don't love both of them. So I thought that's a very interesting scenario. And I will try to find that video again, link it in the show notes so other people can watch it because it was really touching. Once you got past the, you know, the, I don't want to say judgmental because not everybody's like us and a little judgy, but once you get past the, the fact that it's extremely different and unique, it was it was very touching. So I really appreciate you coming on and being so open about talking about this with me. And I definitely think we should get together again and talk about how Alzheimer's and caregiving for a parent affects your marriage. Because we fortunately haven't had too many issues with my husband and I. I do have one quick funny story to finish off with. I was with my mom. We had to, she had to go to her neurologist and I love her neurologist, but the woman is always like an hour behind the schedule. And of course we show up at the office early because you never know how long it's going to take mom to walk from the car to the office. So when we checked in, I told the gal, I know we're early, 
mom does not wait patiently. So how, how far behind is the doctor? They gave me an answer. I did not believe them. I said, we're going to go across the parking lot, which from the doctor's office for my mom, it was a trek and get something to drink. And they're like, that's great. Just give me your cell phone number. We'll call you, you know, in a few minutes warning. I'm like, perfect. That's wonderful. So we go over to the restaurant and I'm trying to be, you know, a respectful, nice person. And so I asked my mom, do you want diet Coke or iced tea? And my mom is very, her communication is very hospitality, hostess, helpful. It's super irritating. <laughs> so she said, well, I, whatever you want. And I'm like, no matter to me what you're drinking. <laughs> so, and I told her, I'm like, well, do you want Diet Coke? Because you haven't had a Diet Coke for a long time. Or do you want iced tea? I, I asked three times, which was probably three, two and a half times too many. So I finally just ordered the, um, iced tea for both of us. So I get home. I'm a little bit hungry. Husband's got dinner planned, but he hasn't started on it because it's still kind of early. And I asked him, what time is dinner? Well, uh, I don't know. What is, blah, 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 blah. He starts giving me all this word salad. And I'm like, I just had this conversation with my mother, which of course offended him. And I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry. If dinner's at six, I'll just have some water and just bear with it. If dinner's going to be at like 6.30 or 7, I'm going to have some fruit and maybe some more tea or something. I said, I just need information so I can make a decision. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just give me the answer. I don't need, I don't need an explanation as, well, I was planning dinner at this and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, just tell me what I need to know. And he was not happy that I, there's been a couple of times when talking to him is like talking to my mom. And that, that makes him mad. So yeah. <laughs> I try not to point it out. <laughs> But I really appreciate you coming on with me. And well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. We'll definitely get back together again soon. Well, you've made it to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for joining me. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give us a five star rating and review on Apple iTunes. This is how new people will find us. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. All of our accounts are linked in the show notes. And as always, I will be in your ears again next Tuesday.